Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to another Henrico's Environmental Action Resource Team podcast. My name is Jeff Whitell, and I'm your host for the program here. And um, can you hear that? There's a there's a is a something that sounds a little bit like um, boots on the ground, and we'll find out a little bit about that in just a few minutes. So, um, here we go. We've got some really awesome guests today. We are going to be talking about a program that the Heart Committee has gotten together, and here we go. We have Zach Harwood. Zach is with Henrico County, and he's the Environmental Program Specialist, and he's also a member of the Heart Committee. And then also we have Daya Ramsden. She is the Program Coordinator um, for the James River Buffer Program, and also and along with that, she is an employee of the Virginia Department of Forestry. And then we have Alana Ostrowski. She is the Community Forestry Specialist for the Capital District, which we are in. And she also is with the Virginia Department of Forestry. So welcome, I appreciate y'all coming out. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. so um, I'm excited because I guess what the boots on the ground was is that uh, Henrico's Environmental Action Resource Team, uh, we did our first program that we got boots on the ground. And it's something we've started out for, um, we're actually now getting close to about a year now that our committee has been together. And we've been planning and things like that, so we finally got it together. So, Zach, if you could explain what the program was and what we did. Yeah, so what we did just on December 9th, so a couple weeks ago at this point, is mm -hmm. we planted about 180 trees around Lake Henning, which is the, the lake at the middle of the county's West End Government Center. Right. Um, so we took an area that was all just turf grass that was, you know, frequently being mowed and not necessarily a natural setting. And we made an effort to re-naturalize it by reforesting that buffer along the lake. Very cool. It was awesome. And Daya, um, I understand that you were involved with um, the planning process of this. Tell me about how that all went. Mm -hmm. Right. I think it started um, probably over a year ago. started talking with uh, Steve with the county of Henrico, and then Zach got involved a little later on. Um, and so I run a riparian buffer program. So riparian is all those vegetation adjacent to a waterway. Um, and I have, the program was very flexible and had the ability to help out a lot of different types of landowners, including municipalities. Um, and I was looking for more projects, I'm always looking for more projects. So, um, we all got together and it was a really great collaboration. Um, I helped fund the trees and other materials and soil amendments and in Henrico County provided some of the labor so we worked we worked together on this all right great mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun um Alana um what did you think and, and I'm jumping around a little bit but that's just <laughs> the nature of my brain um what did you think about the event what, what was your um impression I thought it was awesome I was not honestly expecting as many volunteers to show up as they did, especially it being kind of in the winter and you just never know whether people are going to be able to handle cold conditions. Um, but honestly, we had a pretty mild day. We had a great volunteer turnout and trees got in the ground really fast. Everyone worked really well together. Right. Um, what was it like to work with some of the volunteers? It was really fun. I mean, you had a lot of variety from 
some um, government employees from Henrico County, and then I think a few women from Chesterfield County came up for the planting, which was awesome. Right. Yeah. Right. So Zach, what was the what what was what was the goal, and what's the connection with the Heart Committee, and what this was all about? Yeah. So it's hard to pin down one particular goal. Uh, but I think if I had to pick one, it would be improving local water quality because mm. this was an undertaking by the Hearts Water Resources Subcommittee. So riparian buffers, they both reduce the amount of stormwater runoff that leaves an area, and it also filters the stormwater ro- runoff that actually ends up running off into the water bo- body. Mm-hmm. So it improves local water quality by reducing the amount of pollutants that enter waterways. Uh, so that is probably the primary goal, but there's so many other benefits that riparian buffers have that it's really hard to limit it to just that. So uh, I, I'm sorry, but I like to throw a joke in here and there just to keep things going. So um, Zach and I were thinking here earlier, and I said, you know what? I guess we really were kind of repairing the riparian buffer. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time I've heard that pun, and I like it. So nice. Very I'm, nice. I'm going to recycle that. <laughs> you guys yes. should put that on a sign out yeah. in front of the in front of the planting. That's right. <laughs> Get on that. Mm-hmm. Repairing the environment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Very good. Very well, Daya, one of the things I um, we're looking at water quality. Now, it's not just local water we're looking at. There's kind of a trickle down effect. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, what is it? Where does it go? How did this? What's the big picture on this whole thing? Mm-hmm. That's right. So. Every drop of water that hits the ground is going to flow downhill into some waterway, a stream and a river. And um, so we are in the James River watershed. Mm -hmm. And that also is, if you look at the bigger picture, that's part of the Chesapeake Bay watershed. Right. Right. So um, there's a really um, kind of prioritized initiative to install as many riparian buffers as we can as a way of protecting the Chesapeake Bay. Um, So this project is going to be counted towards those goals of um, riparian buffer establishment to protect the Chesapeake Bay. Right. So it's they it it really is um, something that you can make a difference positively or negatively on the bay and the whole ecosystem down there and in turn, just the whole process, it's really important. So, um, a lot of can you can you go over the process as far as how we all went started up as far as you know digging the holes and all the way through the finished process. Sure. So, the holes were actually kind of pre-dug for us. The county had that arranged so that the soil amendments could go in. Right. They filled those holes back in, and then day of, um, we basically separated into groups of about five or six volunteers with one uh, group leader, which was either someone from the county or someone from Department of Forestry leading that um, volunteer group. We do a demonstration planting, um, showing them the proper technique of how to plant a bare root seedling, which is sometimes a little bit different than you would expect like a containerized or bald and burlap tree to go in. Mm -hmm. Um, So we demonstrated that. We showed them the proper installation of a tree tube and the stakes to protect those seedlings from damage by rodents, by mowers, um, the general public. And yeah, so we let our volunteers basically go loose. They asked us for any assistance if they needed it. 
Um, but really, they got those trees in the ground really quickly. And then once all of the trees were planted, we began spreading mulch. So that mulch helps kind of um, both keep the root systems pretty warm, but also retains water. Right. And, and, yeah. and I just thought that the spirit of the day was really cool because, um, yes, it was a Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. But people got out there. I don't know. Maybe it was for the free hot chocolate or bagels. <laughs> I don't know. But it's still, you know, it, it's neat to see that people that naturally have a connection to doing something good, doing mm-hmm. something positive. Um, uh, um, Daya, could you do me a favor? Tell me about the types of trees and, and shrubs that were planted there, because there was a purpose for the types of plants. They weren't just stuff that we just, you know, just okay. These were on sale this week. Mm-hmm. Tell me about what species are put in. Right. Um, so they are all species that are native to Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are even native to this particular area, if you wanted to get down to that. Um, yep. uh, many of them came from the Department of Forestry's own um, tree nursery. Um, and Zach really helped with the design as far as you always want to put the right tree in the right place. Right. Um, so a little closer to the water body, we put trees and shrubs that are tolerant of potential flooding or like to be a little bit have wet, wet feet, we say we would say. Right. Um, and then as we move up the hill, we're putting trees and shrubs that um, don't like wet feet and right. um, are more suited for that kind of upland area. Mm-hmm. What kind of what kind of trees or shrubs um, will we eventually see there? Right. So let's see. We had river birch, um, pawpaw, and those are some of the like lowland species that we put in. Sycamore, just kind of adaptable. Red maple, sweet gum, mm-hmm. and then getting into the upland, we had some tulip poplar. Um, so pretty good variety of species out there, also. Right. And and what. What, what was the purpose of the natives versus non-native species? Well, there's two reasons. I guess they're both important. Um, right. uh, for one thing, they're going to be suited to where we are. So they're, they, you know, you can think back, they evolved to live in Virginia in this situation. So they can deal with sort of the ups and downs in the weather, the droughts, the flooding. Um, in a way that some of the non-native species wouldn't be able to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's also just a kind of a standard practice of planting riparian buffers. We tend to stick to, to native species. Um, part of that is to avoid potentially putting a seed source out there that mm. could become aggressive and compete with the natives. Right, right. I understand. Um, one of our folks on the committee was talking about as well uh, is native species are naturally a habitat for local insects and birds and whatnot um, mm-hmm. because of the the um, well can one of you all explain why that's important what the connection is between native species and local animals mm-hmm. yeah well they they have shared life histories. They, they co-evolved over the course of eons. So right. certain species rely on, like certain animal species rely on certain plant species as food or habitat. So if that's not present, uh, then those animals wouldn't be able to survive. 
So, so we're probably looking at the, the, the bugs and whatnot. Um, it's their natural food source. Um, it's a more natural habitat for them to build nests and things like that. Mm -hmm. Instead of going out to a, like a mimosa tree, that's the bad one. <laughs> well, that's the bad one. That's the, the one mm -hmm. from the dark side. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's another connection to the whole thing. Um, so Alana, I wanted to get your impression um, because you, you've been involved with the Heart Committee uh, for a short time, mm -hmm. um, but we really appreciate you being involved. Um, what do you think about the idea of Henrico County creating this committee and what does it say about our relationship with the environment? I think that it, I mean, obviously it shows that the county is committed to being good stewards to the environment, but I also think that it provides an example to the citizens of the county um, of exactly how you can be a good steward. A lot of citizens maybe don't know about the importance of planting native trees or about the importance of a riparian zone. So even having people come out to that planting, that maybe that was their first time planting trees, mm -hmm. they're learning about the benefits that those trees can provide to um, the land. But also, I want to kind of bring it back to something that Zach brought up, that they offer a lot of different benefits, including recreational. So yeah. around Lake Henning specifically, you guys have a nice walking path and having that area covered and shaded and um, having more trees planted around there makes for a better mental space for people to go out and mm. enjoy nature. So by the environment, by the county having this environmental committee and having these projects, it creates more examples for other citizens in the county of what they can do around um, their own houses or around their communities. Right, right. You know, and that it's kind of a touch off with something I wanted to ask you about, Zach, mm -hmm. was why this location and was there a purpose for the location? It's a great location because of its centrality to, you know, the government center. Yeah. I mean, citizens come here to, they're there when they get married. They're, they stop by to pay their taxes. Mm -hmm. We've got all the county staff. They walk on these trails and they circle around the lake and I mean, there's a lot of different people who spend time here, and I think improving the ecosystem, as Alana said, I mean, there's so many benefits to mm -hmm. mental and physical health when it comes to green space. Right. So increasing the abundance and accessibility of green space in Henrico for our staff and our residents, I mean, makes this a great location. Right. And I heard somebody kicking around the idea the other day during the planting that it's kind of a outdoor classroom. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. You know, because this is a, um, a showcase to show what can be done, as you mentioned before, but also that, that, that the county is trying to do something active. And that's part, one of the words in our, in our committee's name is action. So we're trying to do that. So what is, what is the, um, again, right now what we're seeing is a field of tubes, which, you know, maybe you look a little alien, but um, <laughs> when, do, when are we going to start seeing some, um, something that resembles something that's not tubes? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, anybody want to and feel that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would. I would venture to guess, uh, as Daya said before, we were talking about this that it depends on the species, right. the rate of growth. But I think probably in the next five years, it'll start resembling something that's a young forest, right? And then, I mean, in the years to come after that, it'll just mature and mature until it looks more like the other mature forests that are around Lake Henning. And that's the goal of the project, is to have it completely renaturalize and become a mature, unmaintained forest 
for the benefit of both our residents and uh, local wildlife. Right, right. Well, um, one of the things that I thought was cool um, and talking about, really, we're looking at the future of our environment in the area, that we had a mixture of young kids and adults. So I think it's a good combination of people that are around now that are looking for the future, which I think is really awesome. So um, I wanted to give you all an opportunity, the Department of Forestry, for a little shout out. Is there some um, information or uh, uh, something on the internet or whatever that we, people can use to get more information about the, um, about the riparian buffers or the relationship with trees and the environment? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, obviously check out the Virginia Department of Forestry website. We have um, pages that are specifically dedicated to urban and community forestry. And then I'll let Daya talk about buffer resources. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, again, I would, I would go to the Department of Forestry website. Um, we will soon be launching a um, DOF-led riparian buffer program that's very flexible and open to a lot of different kinds of landowners. Um, you know, uh, I think something to remember is you don't need a big, you know, a lot of space to create a riparian buffer. They, right. We can make little ones and they all add up to more connectivity and sort of a riparian corridor, if you will. So um, even if you decide to, you know, you could kind of rewild your backyard and and you've got a stream back there, there's there's some opportunities to do that too. So Zach, this is just the beginning for us, for the Heart Committee, right? Yeah, yes it is. Yeah, we're gonna have more opportunities for, for outreach, more opportunities for volunteers, mm -hmm. more op opportunities for people to make a positive impact on the local ecosystem, mm -hmm. to get their hands and their feet dirty. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. Well, um, before we get going, I wanted to, um, if people uh, aren't, aren't watching or just listening. Once again, we have our mascot, Stuart the Turtle, on the table here, and he reminds us to be good stewards of the environment, and he also makes sure that we choose to reuse. And I wanna give people the opportunity to visit our website. We are henrico.us forward slash heart if you wanna get more information about what we do. And I wanna really, really thank each one of you all for coming out today and, and, and visiting the podcast and learning, helping me and the rest of our folks learn so much about what uh, the importance of what we're doing here. So we appreciate it and um, we hope to see you all next time. So have a great day. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.